Welcome back to Footsteps in the Attic, the podcast dedicated to all things strange and paranormal. I want to send a very special thank you to my wonderful guest last week, Miss Melody Knapp. It took a while for us to get our schedules to click so we could uh, have her on the show, but it was so worth it, and I can't wait to have her back. We have some wonderful guests coming up on the show, some favorites who you've heard before, and I have some brand new guests, which uh, I think you'll all be very excited to hear their stories. Um, this is this is unbelievable. We have three more episodes before we're going to wrap up season three of this podcast, and then we'll take our little hiatus, and we will be back sometime in early 2023 for season four. And we will be doing a lot more interviews. Uh, We're going to switch up the format just a little bit. We're still going to be, of course, paranormal-based, but I have such incredible feedback from the listeners about the interviews I'm doing, so we're going to definitely continue in that direction. But of course, there will always be time for the strange, the unusual, the creepy. And um, I, I meant to thank, once again, also my friend Anita Intenzo, who did a wonderful job talking about dolls and she's an expert on dolls of all time periods. And what's ironic is just this past week I got an email and it was about this woman. I'll just say her name is Allison, even though that's not her real name. (laughs) And she was curious. She basically was shopping And she bought this doll and it had a flat back. And I knew right away, as soon as she said the doll was flat in the back, that this was most likely what they call a morning doll or an effigy doll. And the reason I knew right away is because in the Victorian era, uh, families that could afford it, would have a doll of a child who was dying or had already died, um, was already deceased, they would have a doll made of them. And many times the dolls themselves were flat-backed. And that is because they were comprised mostly of wax and they could easily fit inside either a coffin or at the gravesite, or even in a picture frame if the backs were flat. Um, it would replicate, of course, the child in the coffin, which definitely sounds morbid, but in those times it actually helped the families grieve. What was very interesting is I followed up the question to the, you know, woman we'll call Allison, (laughs) who was asking about this doll, I said, is there, let's just say, fine hair quality on the hair of the doll? Does it feel like it's actual hair and not yarn? And the response was, the hair feels human. And that's because 
there is a 99% chance that that actually was human hair. I believe what Allison had purchased was an actual morning doll, which means that doll at some point was constructed using the actual hair of the child who was deceased. And I think the part that really freaked Allison out was shortly after acquiring the doll, the lights were going on and off in her home. She was actually hearing crying and creaks all around the house and not just like the house settling kind of creaks, but like little footsteps kind of creaks. And that of course is a surefire sign that you have a haunting and Allison, I had already uh, responded to you, but I will say this publicly on the podcast. You, unless you're very comfortable, mind you, with, uh, you know, an infestation in your house. And granted, I will say this, it is most likely a benign infestation. It's just, uh, you know, your typical haunting of a child. I wasn't getting an impression that she was dealing with a negative spirit, but uh, she's definitely got a haunting. And unless she removes that doll from the home, the activity will absolutely continue, probably get a little more pronounced. But with a doll of that nature, it goes hand in hand with an attachment. Of course, that that doll was made in the image and literally of the hair of the child. So the child's spirit is going to be attached to that doll. Now, um, you could, you know, attempt to sell it, but I would obviously sell it to somebody in the field or somebody who knows what it is and is willing to take the quote unquote risks that come along with owning a doll of that nature. Or you could consecrate the doll with holy water and actually bury the doll. Or if you really wanted to do some research on it, see if you could find a name somewhere etched along the doll or a maker and really do the research and see if you could return the doll to its point of origin. But I'll be honest with you, that's a lot of work. That's probably something even I would not do. So I would most likely, Allison, if you're willing to part with it, just consecrate the doll in holy water, give it a little burial, and I think you will find the activity will cease in your home. But there is a huge market out there for people who collect those types of dolls. So it's really up to you what you want to do with it. But I thought it was a very timely email to get based on the episode that I had with Anita just a couple weeks ago. And even though that one wasn't primarily paranormal in nature, I thought it was very ironic that it was about dolls. And here I get this email about a doll. So um, this was just a mini episode. But again, we are about to wrap up our season. And uh, this will be episode 38, which means we will have two more episodes before taking our hiatus. So for Footsteps in the Attic, this is Brian Hobson. We'll see you next week. <laughs>